Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I'm your host, Carly, and I'll be your guide on this journey from consciousness to cluelessness and back around again. Thanks for joining me for another Sunday solo episode. Whether it's Sunday night and you're gearing up for your week, Monday morning and you're on your way to work, or whatever day this podcast has found you, I'm really glad you're here. So if you haven't listened to the last few solo episodes, I would suggest either listening to those first or giving them a listen after this episode because they are all connected in part of this Depression 101 series that I did. The more I talk about my own experience with depression and anxiety, the more people reach out and either talk about their own experience or are just happy to see someone talking about it. So I thought it would be good to do a whole series of just short little episodes relating to depression. So the first one was just kind of an overview of what depression is and my experience. Part two was what not to do or what not to say in supporting someone with depression. Part three last week was how to support someone with depression, so what to do. And today I just wanted to talk a little bit about taking care of yourself if you are dealing with depression or have in the past and want to think about how to deal with it in the future. So one thing I need to say, I am not a licensed therapist or anything of the sort. I am someone talking through my lived experience and through various positions in life that I've had to help people with trauma and that type of thing. So it's kind of a conglomeration of all of my knowledge, but I am not a therapist. So I want that to be said and to be known. So speaking of therapy, that is the number one thing I would think about if you have struggled with depression in the past and you have not sought out outside help. Now, is therapy going to fix everything? No, absolutely not. Is therapy the only way to deal with depression? Again, absolutely not. Is therapy not accessible to certain people? Yes, and that's a huge freaking problem. However, if you can, and if you have access to, I really encourage you to reach out. Something I realized that I did in the past was move through depressive episodes. And when I was feeling better and someone would talk about therapy or I would think about therapy, it would feel silly because I felt better. So why why go to a therapist when you feel better, right? I ended up going to therapy when I had a complete breakdown. Like, complete breakdown. I was scaring myself and I started therapy that way. And I'm really glad I did. And I still go to this day. That was a couple years ago when I started. And it has been a complete game changer because it is a space where I don't have to take care of anybody but myself. I get to be fully honest and I'm given tools to help move through some of these things that sometimes seem like they're impossible. That is the best part about going to therapy is getting these tools that 
you know, even if you suggest them to somebody else, you have a hard time wrapping your head around them yourself. So that is kind of like my number one. I wish I could make therapy accessible to everyone because I think it would make the world a better place. I know that sounds silly, but like when you deal with your shit and your trauma and your past, man, does life get a little bit easier. So if you can, that is my first suggestion. If you want to just work some stuff out. So that being said, let's say that you are starting to kind of fall into that pit of depression and you are trying to gather tools and gather ways to move through it maybe a little easier. When I have mentioned to my therapist in the past, like, oh, I'm worried winter is coming. I'm worried that I'm going to kind of crash again. She always reminds me that you survived it last time. And you have more tools and more knowledge, so this time is going to be different. And that is really important. So I want to give you some of those tools that just might seem simple, but really help when you're starting to slip into that. So some of these are from another article I found, but I will share that in the show notes. This one is really, really crucial. Wake up and get out of bed. (laughs) Seriously, wake up and get out of bed. The longer you lay in bed when you are not in a good place, all of those negative thoughts come streaming back in through your brain and then you can just sit there and stew in it. But if you start moving, you start to see things a little differently. You start to see things a little differently and things start to feel a little more possible. So if you can, get up when you wake up. Don't dwell in anything that's going to come into your brain upon coming back into the conscious world. If you are someone who struggles in the mornings, and let's say you are going to lay in bed for a minute, have a book handy or a journal or something you can do that is a way to kind of set up your day So you don't sit in those thoughts. So maybe if those thoughts are becoming really intrusive and overwhelming, maybe you just journal them and write them all out. For me, that always feels like I'm getting them out of my body, like I'm putting them on the page to get them out of my body. Or maybe a book. Or I hesitate to say this because it's complicated. I generally don't prescribe or suggest social media right in the morning. I myself have been trying more and more to not reach for my phone, not go onto social media or any apps until I kind of do my little morning routine. However, if you can text a friend that knows that you're struggling, or if you can go watch like what's your funniest favorite YouTube video, I have a few that I can watch again and again. For example, Chris Pratt bloopers from Parks and Rec or... Ali Wong stand-up. There's a few that I know will always make me laugh. And if you can do something like that, then by all means, go on your phone and start laughing. Just like start laughing. It's so good for you to start your day that way. Another big one, and I think this can start not just in the morning, but in your evening before going to bed, plan your day. When you wake up and you're like, oh, fuck. 
gosh, another day and I'm just not feeling it. When you already have a plan, when you made a plan, when you were in a better place, let's say, then you kind of have some structure. Then you can say, okay, you know what? I made a plan for this. I made a plan for this moment. And then you're not, you're not stewing again in those negative thoughts. Even if it's like you put on your calendar, eat breakfast, walk the dog, whatever it is, have things on your calendar that alert you to, I have things to do today. I have a difference to make today. This is another big one, being clean. Now, I am kind of a neat freak in some ways, but I could tell things weren't going well when I stopped doing the dishes for a while. And I'm not just talking like, you know, you leave a dish and then you run to your next activity or whatever it is. I mean like leaving piled up dishes because if anyone knows me, that's like my biggest trigger. I hate doing the dishes. I hate a sink of dirty dishes. When I was doing that, it kind of hit me like, oh, wow, I'm really not feeling it today because the kitchen is a mess. If you can keep your place somewhat organized, it can make your mind feel a little more organized and clean yourself. Take a bath, take a shower, give yourself five minutes of taking care of your body Get like the best smelling body wash you've ever smelled that just makes you like, every time you use it in the shower, something like that where you look forward to it. So more taking care of yourself, feeding yourself well. Now, of course, my thoughts are a plant-based diet is the best way to take care of yourself. So if you can get lots of fruits and veggies and whole foods protein in or even just like a good meal like start with a good meal anything that is a great start again you are showing yourself that you are worth taking care of and it just makes you feel better and we need a lot of the nutrients in whole foods so those contribute to our brains functioning to our tiredness to our alertness if we're getting good rounded meals. Find another human, whether through text, through call, through going for a walk, that gets you and that understands you and that is not going to be afraid if you say something like, I'm really having an off day. I have a friend who, no matter what I say, I know she won't be freaked out. I know that, I mean, I have a, a few friends like this. I feel very fortunate But we have to have at least one person in our life that we can say, I think I'm feeling depressed. And that is not going to scare them. So think of that person for you and tell them, you're my person who I feel really comfortable with sharing this scary stuff. Is that okay with you? And then they know that you might be reaching out to them in those moments. Here's another one from the list in the article I'm going to share that I love, of course, but I love how they phrased it. It says, spend 10 minutes learning about meditation. Guess what? Meditation is amazing. The science says that. There's proof in the pudding. I know that it can be intimidating to meditate. There is a lot of images that get conjured in our mind 
that may make it seem really unattainable for you. But the thing I like about this phrase is it says learning about meditation. So you don't have to wake up tomorrow and be some expert and meditate for an hour. But what if you took 10 minutes to learn about meditation? Or maybe you just listened to a meditation while doing other things, not yet sitting down and quieting the mind because that can be scary, but just learning about meditation. If you need some help, I can totally assist you in that and have resources on my website. So just keep me in mind if you need any guidance. The last thing, don't buy into depression, think. This is an illness. It is not who you are. You are dealing with depression and that's okay. But that doesn't mean that you are down for the count or that it changes who you are at your core because who you are at your core is the person that's going to help you through it. Remember how strong you are, how amazing you are, how much you mean to everybody else in the world and how much you mean to yourself. And you might not feel that yet. You might not feel that yet. But loving yourself is really important in these moments because you then learn to care and contribute to your own well-being in a different way. So remember that you are loved, you are cared about. I love you. I care about you. I'm here for you. I'm in your corner. If you ever need resources or help or just want to say the words, I think I'm dealing with depression and I need a place to start, I'm always here for that because I had people in my life who allowed me to name those scary things and it made all the difference. And finally, if you need help, there are so many amazing resources out there for someone to talk to. You can go to Psychology Today and find a therapist. You can go to BetterHelp. There are all these different places that are trying to make resources like therapy more accessible. Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. If you're enjoying this podcast, hit subscribe wherever you're listening. If you want to help me get this into the ears of more listeners, send it to a friend, text it to a family member, share on social media, whatever you can do really helps me out. If you are intrigued by this conversation about self-love and how that can help your mental health, I have a seven-day online self-love reset course that would do wonders for you, I promise. Head over to my website and check it out. And finally, if you haven't yet, get your butt over to patreon.com slash consciouslycarly and check out the amazing community I'm creating over there. Until next time.